It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 843 for the 4th of August, 2023. This week, sometimes saving money is a really bad idea. For example, doing without a backup system for files on your computer because you don't want to spend $100 to $200 a year. How much are your files worth to you? In short circuits, the utility curl has been around since 1996, but it was just added to the Windows operating system this year. It's a command line function and it's old, but it does still perform some useful functions. When it's time to kick back and play with the computer, there are thousands of options. Let's take a look at just a few. And 20 years ago, only on the website, in 2003, somebody floated the idea of a disposable digital camera. Well, understandably, it failed to become a huge success. important are all the data files, financial records, photographs, and documents on your computer? Would you risk losing all of them just to save $120 a year? I'm kind of a big spender when it comes to backup. In addition to the $120 I pay for crash plan every year, I pay $30 to GoodSync and another $36 for extra Google Drive space. Even mechanical disk drives are unlikely to fail these days, and smart technology means you'll probably get an early warning before the drive fails of natural causes. But bad things can still happen without warning. A nearby lightning strike could fry your computer and all of its attached storage devices. A fire could destroy your home or office and the computers located there. A fraudster could sneak malware onto your computer, encrypt the data, and demand thousands of dollars to unencrypt it. You might even do something wrong and delete all the files. I actually did that several decades ago. When installing a second disk drive in a computer for extra space, I accidentally formatted the main drive, not the new drive. Fortunately, I had a backup even in those days, so if spending 10 to $15 a month would ensure the safety of your data, would you do it? Around here, backup is a multi-step process. CrashPlan runs continuously backing up files to a remote server as they are created or modified. A system of daily backups starting at 4 p.m. copies all of the files created or changed in the previous 24 hours to a local backup drive. Local backup drive. More about that in a moment. Full backups of the data drives are performed every Wednesday, and the boot drive is imaged twice each week, Sunday and Wednesday. Some files are also backed up continuously to Google Drive. When data exists in a single location, it isn't really safeguarded. That means backups that are stored on-site can't be depended on as backups because a single event could destroy the computer, disk drives attached to the computer, and the backup drives stored in the same building. My local backup drives, for example. Those local backups are for convenience only. They would allow fast recovery from operator error. They would be useless following a catastrophe. 
The essential and most valuable part of my backup plan is Crash Plan because the files are stored hundreds of miles away from the computer and because Crash Plan maintains versioned backups. Users want to recover the most recent version of the file in most cases. When a file has been deleted or damaged, you'll want the latest copy so you don't have to repeat your most recent actions. Most cases. Most of the time. Not always. Let's say you open a file Wednesday morning after changing it on Tuesday afternoon. You're probably planning to continue working on the file, but what if the file was a 20-page document when you saved it on Tuesday, and on Wednesday morning somehow it's only 15 pages? Well, it's easy for something like that to happen. Here's one way it could happen. Near the end of the day, you decide that five pages of text near the end of the document should actually be closer to the beginning. You select those five pages and cut them from near the end of the document and move the cursor to the location where the text should be, near the beginning of the document. Ah, but before you can paste the text in, your phone rings and you answer it. When the call is complete, it's time to quit for the day. You save the document and close it. Shutting the computer off will empty the buffer and vaporize the five pages of text that had been stored there. You realize the next day what you did, but the backup application has already saved the shorter file to the server. It's the same as what's on the computer. File versioning is the solution to that problem, so there's no need for panic. You'll see an illustration on the TechBiter Worldwide website that shows a file I've been working on for a few days. When I open Crash Plan and select Restore, I'm offered the most current version, that's the one from today, three previous versions from today, two versions from yesterday, and two versions from the day before yesterday. Sometimes you can have too many choices, but this is an easy problem to solve. If you're not sure which is the right version to recover, it's possible to download several versions and compare them until you find the one you really want. Regardless of how the problem occurred, recovery is surprisingly easy. As important as Crash Plan is, my backup procedure would be incomplete without GoodSync and the AOMI Backupper. GoodSync works with just about every type of storage you can imagine, from a disk on the computer you're backing up, to Windows shared folders, from SkyDrive to Google Drive, from GoodSync Connect to FTP to Cloud Drive or Dropbox. GoodSync is what I use to back up data drives on the system once a week and to back up working files every afternoon. There is one additional critical function GoodSync is responsible for. I copy all of the documents, email messages, and photographs from my wife's computer to a special folder on my computer. This allows files from her computer to be backed up securely to CrashPlan. GoodSync allows for backup or one-way operations or the ability to synchronize two-way operations. You can also decide whether you want file deletions to be propagated, if you want a file to persist on the backup drive even after it's been deleted from the original disk. It's an uncommonly flexible application. Backups can be scheduled, or GoodSync can monitor directories and backup changed files immediately or after a delay of any length. Alternately, you can schedule backups so that GoodSync will analyze files and backup changed files every hour, every day, every week, or on whatever schedule you like.
The operating system and program files are not backed up by CrashPlan or by GoodSync, and that's by design. These files change constantly. Backing up the boot drive requires a specialized application. For that, I use the AOMI Backupper and create two disk image backups every week, one on Wednesday and one on Sunday. There is a free version, but AOMI Backupper Standard omits some of the key convenience features. The Pro version costs just $40. It's a one-time fee, and there are continuous limited-time offers that really aren't time-limited. If you'd like to check out any of these, you'll find links on the TechBiter Worldwide website for CrashPlan, for GoodSync, and for the AOMI Backupper. The data files on your computer are valuable. Don't lose them. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, 1996. In computer years, that is ancient history. That's when the utility that became Curl was released. The utility was added to Windows just this year, along with Tar, another oldie. Although these are primarily intended for developers, we regular users will also find some value there. Tar is a command line tool that allows the user to extract files and create archives. The Windows File Explorer can open many archive files, so Tar is less important for most users, and I'm not going to describe it here, at least not today. Curl may seem unimportant, too, because its primary use involved transferring files to and from remote servers, at least in the old days. But there's more, and that's where we're going. I have described previously how to use a PowerShell command to examine a website's code. I use the command to safely look at a website that I suspect may be malicious. PowerShell is verbose, and the command to view the 30th of June TechBiter Worldwide website program would be $W equals open parenthesis new dash object space net dot web client close parenthesis dot download string open parenthesis quotation mark https colon forward slash forward slash www.techbiter.com forward slash 2023 forward slash 0630.html quotation mark close quote. Wow, that's a lot. It's faster and easier to use curl curl-v https colon slash slash www.techbiter.com forward slash 2023 forward slash 0630.html. Much shorter. This is a quick and easy way to download the full code for a page so that it can be examined for malicious code. Because of how curl works, it provides even more useful information than PowerShell does. Before outputting the page's source code, curl reports information about the site that it's connected to. For example, curl 
dash v https colon slash slash www.chase.com reports all normal response codes and a secure connection on port 443. Checking the URL from a scammer returns clearly suspicious information such as a 302 redirect link which would be unlikely on a legitimate site. Link shorteners such as bit.ly, tinyurl, cutly, short.io, and others are handy, very handy, but they can disguise nefarious web addresses. Fortunately, curl can reveal what's behind the link. Perhaps you have a short URL such as https colon slash slash tiny.url forward slash 46prxytp. And you're unwilling to click that until you know what the actual target is. From the command line, you can type curl space dash dash head space dash dash location space and then put the shortened URL inside quotation marks. When you press return, you'll see the true target address. And once you know that, you can use the slash V option to see the page source if you want to. With all of the web-based weather resources, perhaps this use is a little silly, but curl can even be used to get weather information. Type curl space wttr.in forward slash ewr, and you'll see the weather in Newark, New Jersey. Airport codes work, but you can also type a name of a city like curl space wttr.in forward slash Columbus. That returns the weather for Columbus, Ohio. If you want Columbus, Indiana, well, sorry, you're out of luck, even if you know the city's airport code, which is BAK. Use DuckDuckGo or Google or Bing to search for information about Curl. It may be antique, but it's not useless. When released in 1996, Curl was known as HTTP GET. Later, it was renamed to URL GET, and it became Curl in 1998. Good curling! We need computers when we're working on complex tasks such as managing a business, preparing a tax return, calculating the speed of light through water, or trying to find the best purchase price for a car. But sometimes it's nice to just sit back and relax with your old friend, the computer. Here are some sites that will help with that. Or as I've titled this section, I will cite some silly sites that are sites for sore eyes. A few of these sites may actually have a redeeming social value or two. Most of them, though, are just silly time wasters, so don't use them at the office. Let's start with CatGPT, not ChatGPT, although chat in French translates to cat, and you probably don't want to know what ChatGPT means if those sounds are spoken in French. If you do want to know, then there's a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website that will explain. When you visit CatGPT, you can ask questions and a cat will answer. Now keep in mind that cats know only one word, even if they may pronounce it several different ways. The word they know is meow. So maybe a good query would be, tell me everything you know about Schrodinger's cat. Or not. Well, anyway, 
You'll find links to all of these sites on the TechBiter Worldwide website. But keep in mind, some of them have been developed kind of on a whim, so they may disappear at any time. Others are preliminary versions of commercial sites that allow some amount of limited free use. Stable Diffusion Online will create an image if you tell it in plain English what you want. I tried large, fluffy orange cat with a toy mouse, and I got four recommendations. The site warns, due to the large number of users, the server may experience problems. If you encounter an error, please try again. Well, maybe you'd like to have a little guy on a bike ride a path. There are dozens or maybe hundreds at freeride.hd, and you can draw your own. If you're somebody who used to play a lot of video games in the old days, check out Guess the Game. You'll see samples of video game screens, and then you have six tries to guess which game the image is from. Those who haven't spent a lot of time playing old video games should probably stay away from that one. Guess the Year shows a series of events, and you need to guess which year the event occurred. You start the game with 100 points, and you lose one point for the number of years that you miss any event by. For example, you might be given Seoul hosts the Summer Olympics. If you guess 1980, you lose eight points because the actual date was 1988. The game ends when you have no points left. Here's a site that has some redeeming social values, as I mentioned earlier. Z-Type. It's a lot like the old Space Invaders game, but the invaders are words. The user has to type the words before they reach the bottom of the screen. So it's a fun way to practice touch typing, or maybe even to learn touch typing. More or less is kind of like Price is Right on a combination of LSD and steroids. You choose topics such as net worth of the super rich, the size or population of countries, IMDb movie ratings or the cost to make a motion picture with or without considering inflation, how many stores retailers have, populations of cities, and many more in topic categories ranging from trends and games to world and people to weights and YouTube. The values, by the way, are shown in euros. Listed is somewhat similar to more or less, except that it displays the exterior view of a home that recently sold. Initially, you don't see the location. A house that sells for $300,000 in rural Ohio might sell for $5 million in Los Angeles. After the first guess, which will probably be wrong, you'll see the city and state. If your second guess is wrong, the property type will be shown. After each guess, there are additional clues, and an indicator shows whether your guess was high or low. This might be a good game to use in perfecting your binary guessing strategy. A YouTube channel by the Pinnell County Sheriff's Office offers Fridays with Frank. It's a series that follows traffic deputy Frank Sloop as he writes traffic tickets in Pinnell County, Arizona. That's southeast of Phoenix, northwest of Tucson. A couple of things are interesting about Sloop. First, he is from Long Island. Second, he has a car-side manner that almost makes me want to travel to Arizona, drive too fast, and find his unmarked cruiser behind me. The Sheriff's Department has a cameraman ride along with Sloop occasionally and record videos. Sloop has been in law enforcement for more than 20 years. He's been with the Sheriff's Traffic Unit in Arizona for five and a half. He is sometimes a bit condescending, but always very polite and direct. And finally, I would call pointer pointer pointless, but it's all about pointing. 
Load the site, move the mouse cursor somewhere and release it, and the site will search the internet to find an image in which someone is pointing at the mouse cursor. So, although there's a lot of pointing, it really is pointless. Speaking of pointless, how about a disposable digital camera? That's an idea somebody floated in 2003, and it's this week's subject on 20 years ago, only on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com, and if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session.